0: Welcome back to Mages of Murder Dads, the show where we play through the games beyond Baldur's Gate. We are playing Icewind Dale. This is episode two. I'm Cameron. And I'm Danny. So,
1: Cameron, how about you uh, You break down what uh-uh. happened nope. last episode? <laughs>
0: nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> Why not? You, well, it, it surely nope. wasn't that hard, right? Nope. <laughs> Why don't you break that down for
1: nah, us? Nah, I think it's your turn. I did all nope. of last season. <laughs> I think it's your
0: turn. Nah,
1: I did last episode.
0: I don't think you did. No, I did all, last season. Recently, all of Disco uh, Elysium. Uh, that's your job, though. Nah. Come on, give it your in best In the shot. comments, let us know in the comments if you think that Danny does such a good job <laughs> that I should not have to ever do the, the recap. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. Recap. We learned about Jared. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He did some Baldur's Gate. No, wait. Did some Ice, Icewind Dale shit. He's like trapped in carbonite in the bottom of, of some place. Yes. We are going to Kuldahar because Kuldahar needs help. There was an avalanche that whipped everyone's ass up and down the, the, the valley only we survived this avalanche while going to Coldhar. We fought a bunch of goblins in the last episode. This episode, we'll go to Coldhar to see what's up with their big bad troubles.
1: Yeah. Coldhar is a... Uh, it's an evil place. And you know how I know that? Oh, yeah, I do know. It's run by a druid. Run by a fucking druid. <laughs> run by a druid. Um... Whole whole damn town's just uh, dominated by the druid's big tree. So everybody's walking around, you know, carrying
0: out their business, constantly reminded. The druid's walking around. He's he goes up to uh, you know a street vendor and picks up a little uh, Forgotten Realms hot dog, bites right into it. Street vendor says, "What are you doing?" And he just points to the tree. He says, "You see that thing? I'm your king." <laughs>
1: Druid, Druid, uh, uh, Druid puts a hand on the hot dog stand. It starts growing vines everywhere. Like the wheels get all uh, get all clogged up and weeds
0: can't roll anymore. Says, this is mine now. <laughs> this is my hot dog stand. Druid runs up to the armor vendor. He says, you can't vend here. And the armor vendor says, why not? I'm doing all my blacksmith. And he says, this is my realm. <laughs> points to the tree. Mm-hmm. All the steel completely uh, rusts, disintegrates. This is balance. <laughs> this is balance. <laughs> I'm balancing your steel between dirt mm-hmm. and iron. Um, we
1: meet the, uh, the head druid, but before you do, I'm going to bury the lead. This head druid, really bad at giving us all the information that we need um, to like solve a problem. I'm just going to say that up front.
0: Yeah, this is a problems town, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, just, just Kuldahar is the town of problems, mm-hmm. and we have to welcome to fantasy adventuring. We have to solve the town problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this guy's like, "Hey, I might have some ideas." Well, hold on. I want his name's Arendil. Mm-hmm. and Arendil, The first thing he says to you is like, "Hey, have you heard about the balance?" <laughs> Yes, and then immediately tasks you with eradicating evil. Yeah, that doesn't sound like balance to me. That sounds like hypocrisy.
1: Yeah, this is uh, you know, check Mages and Murder Dad's episode one through in the '60s for a for a full our full dissertation on uh, druids and their absurd mm-hmm. beliefs, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, so it turns out that um, I, I, t- I asked Arendil about, um, you know, the caravan that I was a part of. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm the one that, like, summoned that caravan, basically. I, I, I wanted those people to come because we've got all these problems. He even knew Hrothgar. Um, and I was like, you knew Hrothgar? And, he, and the druid was like, oh, I knew of him. Shame he's dead now. <laughs> uh and, uh, and, yeah, so apparently the, uh, this area of has just had, like, if I were a dungeon master and I wanted, and I had done very little prep and I was a mayor, right, mm-hmm. um, and everybody's meeting at a tavern and I need to, like, come up with some issues that the, uh, that the surrounding area has been dealing with, some, some kind of new problem. I might say things like, oh, there's a lot more goblins and orcs on the roads these days. Or, oh, well, you know, the undead have uh, have started sh- rattling on their tomb doors. Things like that. And that's what Kaldahar's been dealing with, too. And just... <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and oh, uh, don't
0: forget the weather.
1: Oh, yes, the weather. It is... Uh, I guess, despite the fact that this druid wants balance, he seems to be uh, unnaturally making this region of a frigid, uh, mountainous area, like, warm and temperate.
0: Mm. Strange. <laughs> well, certainly this little, this little zone is. Yeah. Because it's under the protection of, of the druids. Mm-hmm.
1: Under the unnatural magics of the druids it it disrupt that disrupt this way. ecosystem.
0: It's perfectly uh natural <laughs> and uh it, it's perfectly imbalanced. And imbalance, you know, it, it really is. This is the this is the, the core of the hypocrisy of the druids, <laughs> right? Because they determine what the scale of balance is. Yeah. And for them it's like a like a nice sixty eight degrees, you know, perfectly climate controlled. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I were doing it, the perfect balance would be between you know whatever the temperature of the heart the heart of the sun is mm-hmm. and then absolute Kelvin zero. Yeah. So whatever the middle point of that, that's what what my you know perfectly neutral and balanced would be. Mm-hmm. Uh that should be look, here's a free fun tabletop idea for anyone. A druid who is committed to balance, but it's the balance I just described. <laughs>
1: There is a board game I've recently played uh-huh. called Wavelength. Have you heard uh, of this game?
0: Let me. Okay, I believe it's. I'm. I'm going through the Rolodex here, so I think that you you roll dice, and then sometimes you you hit a little, like a little wooden structure and you go up, and uh, sometimes you hit like a little slide and you go down mm. to the beginning. And really fresh, It was like a little slide right before the end that takes you all the way back to the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about? No, really close.
1: Really okay. close. Definitely okay. a uh, descendant of snakes and ladders. But um, Oh, what is that? <laughs> uh, you know, wooden structures and. The, the mm-hmm. wooden structures and wooden slippies. Mm-hmm. I'm referring to chutes and ladders. Chutes, chutes and ladders. Uh, yeah. Uh, Wavelength is a game that has this little apparatus that has uh-huh. a, um, a, uh, obscuring lens that can be applied to it. And when that obscuring lens is pulled away, uh, there is a, it's a radial dial and that radial dial has a wedge in it with like three sections, three scoring sections. There's like a thin one in the middle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: uh that maybe is red and then an orange like a, a little bit wider of a wedge and then finally like a red like a yellow wedge wider than that so it when you're the active player you kind of spin it spin it spin it and uh you see where the wedge is and then you pull a prompt which the prompt might mean uh might say on a like it'll, it'll provide you a scale like two extremes um And the scale could be movies that would benefit from having Godzilla versus movies that would not benefit from having movies with Godzilla. That's an example
0: of one that we pulled,
1: right? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I have to give a movie that would then get people around the table to place, like like, a marker along that radial dial on where they think you know, the wedges where the heart of that wedge is. Do you, can you kind of visualize that? Sure. Let me give you an example. If you had a wedge that was on the extreme end of movies that would benefit from adding Godzilla, what would the movie be um, that you would give to try to get what people is, to
0: what guess? What is the extreme end? Yeah. The extreme uh, end uh, of
1: yes, Godzilla should oh, be. Okay, yes. It would improve the movie.
0: Clifford, the big red dog. Clifford, the big red dog. Right. Whereas what's yeah. the
1: opposite end?
0: Uh Godzilla is the character that we're referring yeah. to. Yeah. The Matrix. So
1: like the idea being
0: if Godzilla was inserted in the Matrix, that would really
1: be bad for the,
0: the It film. just wouldn't improve that it would it would make the movie worse, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um but
1: yeah, so this is a game that really is about like what are the extremes of the spectrum? And I am like you. Where my spectrum is absolute zero versus temperature <laughs> of the sun. Right? Uh-huh. So when uh when I get something like um oh somebody else had uh hygienic versus non-hygienic, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And they
1: put and they their answer was drinking a glass of water after someone.
0: That was for unhygienic?
1: No, that was just the prompt. So like where does that go on this on oh. the spectrum of hygienic oh, versus non-hygienic,
0: I right? I, I see, I see, I see. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm thinking, well. On the extreme end of not hygienic, it's just going into a sewer and drinking sewage, right? Yeah. How do you get worse? I don't know, like, uh, like going into open heart surgery with your
0: like and not washing your hands after going number two. Uh, <laughs> I like that you really specified there. Uh, yeah, it would be like. I mean, is all of, like, the possibility of human experience up for grabs? Well, this is the question. Right? <laughs> like, live it, here's the thing. Being born and living your whole life on a sewer planet.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, like an intergalactic trash dump. Mm-hmm. And you're drinking, like, alien oils. And that's the only liquid you, like, live there. Mm-hmm. That's, the old, that's, like, it's the most hygienic one could be. So when somebody,
1: when somebody said drinking after somebody else, I was like, oh, it's, it's one degree unhygienic.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't do it, but I don't think. Yeah, in, in the all, in the the all, the potential human experiences, <laughs> that's like nothing.
1: But yeah, this is the issue though: is I uh-huh. am I'm, I have the absolute zero and temperature mm. of the sun spectrum. Everyone else has like a
0: Mister Rogers spectrum mm. at the table. So, so Mister Rogers just... would probably tell you to do that because it's <laughs> it's saving water. Yeah. <laughs> Mister Rogers would probably be like, "Yeah, you should just get over it."
1: yeah yeah. so uh, knowing him ultimately and, and bringing it back to druids here yeah. what separates quote unquote good druids from evil druids which is wild because even good druids are supposed to be true neutral right mm-hmm. is yep. just where are the extremes for those druids because if there was a druid that was like I'm going to bring balance and temperature in this region by making it exactly between absolute zero and the temperature of the sun. That's my, mm-hmm. that is my measuring stick. All the other druids are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You've mm-hmm. gone too far. You're evil now.
0: Mm-hmm. Hold on, Tony.
1: <laughs> Hold on, Tony. Don't do it. Tony's a, Tony's a sorcerer, right? Or a wizard, well, yeah. conjuration specialist wizard?
0: Yeah, he's a conjurer. Uh, I guess uh, you can't really, uh, just let you know, you can't really summon very many monsters. Uh beginning of this game
1: (laughs) okay yeah we're gonna we're getting to it so anyway there's all this things are going bump in the night close to uh Mm. people
0: are being abducted I don't think we said that people are going missing (laughs) the head of the temple of Ilmater went missing Mm -hmm. you think there'd be a bigger alarm bell ringing on that one I, I get the feeling people think that they're annoying the temple of Ilmater yeah yeah, I'm pretty sure in the Forgotten Realms, the the people from Ilmater are like constantly scourging their back yes. and things like that. Because they are, uh, Ilmater is the god of like suffering and penitence mm-hmm. and uh, like reparation of a wound. So mm-hmm. they're like constant, I believe they're constantly like wounding themselves and and being penitent around those things. Yeah,
1: they're I think even the average citizen of the Forgotten Realms are like, those guys are weirdos. Give mm-hmm. me the druid.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, did you, uh, did you find a place to stay in Kaldahar?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, it's not the wine cellar, but yeah, there's a, there's a, what's it called? Do you know the name of the tavern?
1: I forget it. It was, it recently changed ownership. hmm Um, did you, did you have a chat with the, the no. new owner? No. I said,
0: oh. hey, let me in here.
1: <laughs> and And that was that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um...
1: Well, I talked to the people at, like, the other tavern on the east side of town, and there was one barmaid in particular who was, like, absolutely roasting and using a lot of racialized language around the owner of the other tavern, who was a halfling. Dang. Uh-huh. Um, you know, call him Shorty and whatnot.
0: Damn.
1: And and then she was like, well, I'm not racist against halflings. She just want to... I'm saying this because he's a jerk.
0: hmm <laughs> Right? Wow.
1: Um, I go over there and the reason why, I, well, before I go over there, she says, yeah, you know, the old owner of this place, he had palsy and he was, uh, and he couldn't write at all. Yet the new owner, this halfling says that he, you know, he was like the, that the old owner like left it to him in a will. And I think that is suspicious.
0: Hmm. Mm. Now this is a, a, a tavern or an inn that we're talking about in a town that is surrounded by ghouls and goblins and gremlins. Yes. Just f- coming out of every orifice basically. Yeah. And um absolutely sucks in every way. Why would there be a tavern here? Trading route, my dude. I guess. Okay, fine. Trading route. Sure.
1: Get it get with the program. This All is right. a look,
0: you Get with the, commerce.
1: Trade has to happen. This is the the most I got nothing.
0: A happening, <laughs> I a happening got, spot in the Sword got, Coast, is I that what you were going to say?
1: Absolutely nothing.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You know what's interesting here is I've been reading a little bit of uh, the Icewind Dale trilogy. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a little bit of shortcutting going on here. Because the locations that we've been talking about are not really that close to each other. In the uh, actual... Factual locations of the Forgotten Realms here, mm-hmm. Day Dale games. Just letting everybody know. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, you talked to this halfling. What, did you learn anything? Yeah, or the, was just the like...
1: halfling is named Aldwyn and the barmaid was Amelia. Bar- Amelia mm-hmm. works at the Root Cellar Tavern, and um, and Aldwin uh, is now at this like new inn. And Aldwin's mm-hmm. uh, like, I, you know, look, the dude left it to me. And no one's found the body, so you need to just get out of my business. So I went upstairs and just broke into every cabinet. Just, mm-hmm. like, smashed it with my sword. Because um, mm-hmm. that's a thing you can do. And I found a ring. I just I didn't find anything. I thought I was going to find some paperwork to finish this quest. So I went to... But I did find some rings, so I was going to pawn those off at a, at a a <laughs> to a man named Girth uh, mm-hmm. at Girth's equipment shop. And I'm looking at it, and one of the rings is called... Uh, is called, like, my, like, Legacy. Huh. And I read it, and it's it's the old owner's, like, wishes on inscribed on the inside of the ring. The uh, The end should be left to all of Koldahar. Like, he wanted Ooh. it to bequeath it to the town. So I went back to Aldwyn, and I was like, hey, I found this ring. And he was like, how dare you break into my end? <laughs> break open all of the, all of these things. Steal a ring from me. And then and then claim the high ground. And I was like, "Look, I think uh, maybe you need me to keep quiet about this, and maybe uh, I'll get some good rates. So I get to stay at the inn for free now." What?
0: Yeah, that doesn't feel very Balthazar to me. Well, the thing is, mm-hmm. the giving other it to option, the town is way worse.
1: Yeah, the other that, that's <laughs> that's like no one owns it. <laughs> Because here's the thing, the halfling, the halfling did say, look, there was, this man had no uh, relatives. Mm-hmm. This man had no one to bequeath this into. Uh-huh. And I just want to settle down. I'm tired of traveling. I just want to settle down and have this in. I just want to do a little bit of queething. <laughs> um, Why not uh, queeth to me? The other dialogue option was just so paladin-y in the tone. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't do it.
0: I guess uh, a barbarian might respect some "might makes right" logic mm-hmm. here. If you like, if you're able to t- to kill the innkeeper, then you deserve to own the inn. Well, all, here's
1: the thing: Aldwyn didn't kill the old innkeeper. He just found him dead and then Great. buried him outside town. <laughs> And then forged a will, <laughs> leaving the end to to ones.
0: Yeah, that seems worse than killing him in some ways. It seems like maybe more fair to be <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to duel you. Yeah. Dueling you for the end. That should be, here's a you know, you, I love to pepper in some, uh, into all of these episodes, some ideas for indie game developers. Here's one for you. A tavern management game <laughs> where occasionally you have to defend it from people who <laughs> are trying to kill you mm-hmm. and <laughs> take the end over. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and it's a legacy a whole... game, so, like, when you lose it, you have to, like, be, you know, be, like, a cabbage farmer for a few generations before you can, like, get enough money to buy a sword and then challenge the the old innkeeper's great-grandson uh, for ownership of the inn again.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who's gone soft.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: uh, sleeping on a straw and birch bark. <laughs> uh well so is that all you did for this episode or no no that's uh that that was just
1: the thing that i did in kaldehar otherwise uh we get told by um by the Archdruid, hey you need to you need to check out the veil vale of shadows which is a very
0: <laughs> creepy place that the sun never shines <gasps> he does say that uh yeah he says there's malevolent mountain forces running around <laughs> um I'm trying to look here. I wrote some other stuff down. Uh, yeah, I, I met a few other people uh, around the town. There's the uh, the uh, blacksmith. Mm-hmm. There are the people from the Temple of Ilmater. There is a gnome who has like a crashed airship. Did you mm-hmm. talk to that guy? I didn't talk to that
1: guy, but I did find something of his.
0: Yeah, I, I did. that's how I found him. I was like looking around for who I could give that to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, there's also like another, there's a shopkeep and there's a wizard too. There's
1: also, like, just a mysterious man who is who is there to try to take you to the DLC. But when you tell him to take you, he says, you're not ready yet. Come back when you're more oh, really? experienced. Yeah. It's just next to the, next to the
0: bar, the root cellar. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I also met Hjolder, who is a shaman of the bear tribe. That's him. Oh, that's him. Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't, he was like, hey, I want to take you to the DLC. And I was like, I don't, I don't, uh, (laughs) I don't want to do that yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I didn't try. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay. Well then, yeah. Um, Hingorot is where he wants me to take, which I think is outside Tin Towns. I think that's kind of the canonical barbarian palace, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, I don't know. What'd you, you went to the Vale of shadows.
1: I did go to the Vale of shadows. Um,
0: there's many. There, there are a couple enemy types there. <laughs> they're yetis. Yeah, they're yetis just hanging out, and uh, you know we're level one. No, we aren't. I mean, I'm level one. You're we,
1: as in your party.
0: Yeah, probably. the royal we. I think
1: I started at level five. Ended this episode at like level eight.
0: Really? Yeah. That's a lot of experience you've got. Yeah. So you're just carving through these. Things. I really am. <laughs>
1: Just like absolutely nothing. I mean I'm still like if I lose hit points, I go through a sequence of hit Q, hit mm-hmm. the rest button, if there are if monsters interrupt my rest, hit L, hit the rest and basically I hit the rest button and L until monsters are not attacking me, and then I quick save.
0: Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. all same. of that
1: takes roughly three seconds. Like it's 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 almost no it's very frictionless.
0: Yeah, same. I uh and uh, you know when you're playing with a full party in these games you kind of have to do this you know something we've talked about obviously in all the other Baldur's Gate games but like save scumming is like a huge part of the gameplay experience Mm -hmm. like there's just no way I I I mean it would be interesting I guess to do it I have no interest in doing so but like you know at the beginning especially my wizards they have six hit points Mm -hmm. you know so it's just like if one person dies you're ruined and, like, <laughs> so you're fighting initially at the very beginning here. It's, like, first enemy group, some yetis. Okay, I can fight yetis. Uh, second enemy group, lesser shades. Yes. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, y'all. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is a rough deal. Um. So, yeah, you know, I had a fun encounter trying to make that happen. But, yeah, so the Vale of Shadows is, uh, you know, the, as you said, the s- sun never shines there. It's always a little bit of a creepy place. And you can kind of go around all these crypts. Mm-hmm. And, and they're all kind of accessible or a bunch of them are accessible from the kind of area map here and they're full of undead and you just fight the undead and you're getting keys in each of them mm-hmm. you know it's like skull keys. this is key
1: city this is like half of balthazar's inventory by the end of the episode we're all keys and when i thought i was done when i was done with the chapter i just shoved them all in a sarcophagus
0: oh you know you can sell them oh really Yeah, so something really cool, I really, really like this about this game, the uh, shopkeeper in town, not the blacksmith guy, but the shopkeeper. He's on like the left side of the map. I don't know his name. Girth. If you talk to him, is he Girth? Yeah. Is that him? Yeah. Okay. So you talk to him and he says, he has something where he's like, I also collect legacy items. And you're like, what is that? And he says, oh, you know, just like these items that seem to be important and cool for the history of the region. Um, and there's nothing you can really do with them, well, you can sell them to me. And so it's like quest items, right? Oh. And you can be like, I really like, you can be like, well, can I buy them back from you? And he's like, yeah, I'm just interested in preservation. If you need them again, you can come back and get them. but uh, But, you know, I'm here to hold them for you. So basically, he's like the solution to the, like, Shove all the quest items you don't need into a uh, a barrel and forget about them. Mm. Problem, um, you know. He, you, so you just sell them to him, and if you need to go back and get them, you can. That's um, uh, that's good. I like that. Yeah, I, that should be in all of these, mm-hmm. like in, in all of these like isometric games. Just like, like a guy you can give all the quest items to and not have to think about it anymore. Yeah. Although I guess like Pillars of Eternity just made that like big infinite chest you can access all the time. It's
1: true. I also think that you keys should not take up an inventory slot and be on a keychain. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so what is? I'm going to tell you what combat is. Its balthazar hitting things at the at the top here with two long swords until they die, hitting, you know, critting for 26, 30 at times. Um, what is combat like? What how, how is it, like, shaping out? Are you having to be
0: strategic at this point? Or are you just, like, telling everybody who to attack? What's it looking like? No, I need to be very strategic. Um, and I think we end this episode at level three, levels 3 and 4. Some people, you mm-hmm. know, because this is good old-fashioned, like, 2.5 early th- Third edition uh, rules. It kind of has some like intermixes of all those things mm-hmm. in it. And so, you know, like some classes just level up faster than others. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I have to be pretty, I got to be pretty tactical in the sense of like, warrior Gert Tumpkins, she's got to be up front. You know, she's got to be there ready to take the hit. Uh, she's got like an order of magnitude more hit points than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's up front, and I got to like cast my, I got to use my priest uh, to like cast spells. Um, to protect, and uh, my paladin's got to be up front doing stuff. And I have for, because I don't really have that many spells for my wizards, certainly at the beginning of, of chapter one that we did this time, I don't really have that many spells. So I got to like really think about, okay, when am I using spells? And when am I just having them like whipping people with uh, a uh, slingshot? Mm-hmm. But so so basically it's like I have my three melee people and I have them kind of get up close and I have my thief or my swashbuckler, my, uh, my conjurer, Tony monsters, and then tickle all for the most part in the back with ranged weapons, whipping those at critical enemies and sometimes changing the thief into melee mode if I, if I need to. So that's, that's kind of my whole strategy and I'm really having to like use the architecture of the levels, you know, kind of getting people into, uh, um, uh, bottlenecks, like, bottlenecks yeah i could come up with that bottlenecks abusing some of the uh uh stair mechanics in the game mm-hmm. in order to do stuff so for example um here here's an example for how you abuse the, the stairs in any of these kinds of games right so you go into a room certain enemies aggro you but not all of them you get aggro you watch them move you go back into the stairs they follow you up the stairs your weakest characters spawn closest to the stairway and your strongest characters because of your party order spawned furthest away due to the way that stair spawning works. The enemies that follow also have to spawn further away. And so it's a way of, um, if, if you would go into an encounter, an enemy encounter where they would be able to surround you due to the way that they spawn or the way that their enemies are placed, you can abuse the stair mechanic to basically put them on your front line, no matter what um and i so i did that quite a bit with some of the harder encounters especially later on in this episode of like uh uh, purposely aggroing certain numbers of enemies and then making them spawn on my terms that would allow me to get a little bit of an edge so i'm still doing a lot of a lot of that toward the i would say maybe the last 20 percent of this i was doing less of that because my characters were getting higher level and We're starting to get, you know, I think everyone at this point or most everyone has a plus one weapon of some sort. Mm -hmm. Um, You very quickly move into that kind of thing in Icewind Dale um, of like needing enhanced weapons to fight um, like regular wraiths and there's maybe ghouls. Ghouls need a plus one weapon or better to fight. I mean, the first one is just in the uh,
1: Vale of Shadows proper at the entry of the kind of the main tomb uh, mm-hmm. slash dungeon that the majority of this episode will take place in. And there's just, there isn't a lesser shade there. There's just a shade. So I think that kind of the idea is, if you golden path it to that one tomb, and you meet that shade and you don't have magic weapons, you back off, you loot the other tombs and find a couple of plus one weapons so that you can,
0: you can with more confidence, uh, dungeon delve.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and so yeah so it very much is that kind of thing of like go it, it this is a module feeling thing you know it, it is not a big open world it's not like Baldur's Gate 2 it's not even like Baldur's Gate 1 this is a you know you have the map you have Kuldahar that is your kind of base of operations and you have the 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 veil and all the crypts you have to clear and you're gonna have to go clear all of them mm-hmm. both for what you just said for like kind of um uh, gearing up uh, gearing up and gearing up is like a progress blocker for mm-hmm. that reason but then also because they all have keys in them and you need those keys to navigate that big dungeon yeah. that kind of makes up the content of the chapter so uh it's kind of a both and uh one of the crypts in it or i guess there's a couple interesting uh different places one is this like uh cave in the middle of the veil of shadows that's got all this kind of crap in it mm-hmm. it looks like it's got a bunch of gnomish maybe gnomes had like lived there for a while mm-hmm. and that's where you might have found those gnomish tools that you were referring to earlier mm. uh, so you didn't give them to the gnomish guy back in Calderhar. i haven't yet i was actually still looking for him <laughs> uh okay he's in like the top right of the of the map. oh gotcha I think Navigating Kuldahar sucks because <laughs> it's a it's like a multi-leveled place, but it's multi-leveled because things are built into this giant tree and these tree roots, but it is impossible to see what exactly is a pathway and what is not. Yeah, to, the point where I had to the, like
1: the really nice thing about games, later games in this genre, which is you go to the map and you can put on a filter that shows you exactly where the path is versus the walls.
0: Yeah, well, that was never in the original editions. Those are all enhanced, enhanced edition things. Yeah. And, but that's also part of the thing is it's like, why is that? Is I don't if that is in this Icewind Dale enhanced edition? I didn't see it. it no, and really I haven't. Visible, um,
1: and I, it, it's badly needed.
0: <laughs> but uh, so there anyway. So he's there, and I forget his name, but he is uh, he <laughs> he is from Bren Chander, and he was flying his. No one believed in him that he was a, a gnome that could build a flying machine. He built this flying machine and it immediately broke <laughs> mm. in the air. So he basically went up and then immediately back down again and crashed here in called and he's trying to get it back up in the air again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's got some fun little stuff, but he's an alchemist. And so you can, you can, he actually notices this is some really cool stuff that really doesn't show up in the Baldur's Gate games of like, something is in my inventory and you talk to someone and it creates a dialogue option based on, you know, that. Yeah. Um, so, so when I talked to him, I think for the second time, he was like, Hey, I noticed you've got that like wooden uh, potion thing in your inventory. Uh, do you think I could have that? And I can say, okay, well, what do you want? And you know, we kind of haggle a little bit and it's really funny. It's a great kind of D and D moment because he says, uh, I'll give you some potions. And you can say, ah, you know, I don't know. I want some money. And he says, okay, well, I'll give you 150 gold. Or I'll give you some potions. And so you can, you can say, okay, give me the potions. Or, and, you, and you can even ask which potions he'll give you. Mm-hmm. And so it was a great kind of moment of like player knowledge, you know, versus character knowledge. Because the potions that he was offering me, I know those are worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'll take those potions. And I immediately sold those potions back for way more than 150 <laughs> gold from him. So it was a great kind of moment of like, ha, 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 uh, getting over. But, but so, yeah, it's like a little short quest like that, but it's one that sets up that like, oh, yeah, you can pick things up and it will prompt other people to do stuff. Yes. Uh, and it will give you other things. And that sounds like kind of the one you had in the tavern, too.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, Oswald Fiddlebender is that gnome's name. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yes. Oswald Fiddlebender. Mm-hmm. Well known. Well known. Wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Is this uh, a reference? I um uh, maybe. Oh my god. Okay. The newest this is wild. The newest Set magi- of Magic L-
1: the Gathering set. Manu- yes. He's got a card.
0: He does. Adventures in the Forgotten Realms is the new Magic the Gathering set. It's set in the Forgotten mm. Realms. Oswald Fiddlebender is a card in that set. I knew I recognized that name when I was playing, and I was like, ah, oh, I don't know. Maybe I just, you know, have seen it before. Oh, it's but they sad. Made a card. He does not
1: have flying.
0: Well, no, does. he's a tinkerer. He's a
1: tinkerer, but he doesn't have flying. Doesn't have flying. Even though he's up in an airship, it appears.
0: Well, he didn't get it. He's, he, he's good at tinkering, okay? He's mm-hmm. not good at flying. Well, that's interesting. That's a fun little something, mm-hmm. information. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so, yes, yeah, so you wander around these crypts, um, you know, fighting yetis, fighting wraiths, blah, blah, blah. You go into it. It's called the Tomb of Kresselak. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. There's also there, one of these crypts has followers of Merkul in it. Yes. What did you do here? Well, this is
1: really interesting. You pop mm-hmm. in here and there's a <laughs> Is this the Bone Dancer? Yeah, Bone Dancer Mitos is his name. Yeah. <laughs> um I so there's one interaction, I think this is the one we're talking about, where it's right when you pop in and they're like, hey, you need to leave. Like this is this is a hundred percent not where you belong. This is private property. Please go. Is this the one you're you're talking about? yeah yeah and basically i can say well are y'all behind the evil that's (laughs) going on (laughs) that's like a huge
0: number any conversation you can have in the veil of shadows with anything goes into or are you behind this evil are you you the the evil evil person
1: in in and and the scones like no we're just minding our own business here (laughs) we live here we live here please go um and uh, you can be like, well, I need to investigate. I need to investigate to just make sure. Because <laughs> to make sure. That, and you can also, like, here as you're home invading, uh, you can, like, ask him, hey, who's Mercule? And he'll, like, tell you about his theology and shit. hmm You can ask him, hey, what's a bone dancer? He's like, oh, it's a religious title. hmm You know, we're, we're, we're here. We worship the god yeah. of, of death. Not mm-hmm. death like the verb, but death like the mm-hmm. noun. He's very mm-hmm. specific about that.
0: Yeah, he's like of the dead, the dead. Uh, yeah, he really informative. And this, you're just talking to a guy. Yeah, you know, like it's a skeleton. normal conversation. He's a skeleton. And you're just talking to him.
1: And uh, I insist on investigating. Mm-hmm. I'm like, because also there are a bunch of statues that I've been inspecting, and they are like this this evil statue. <laughs> this statue which emanates evil and i'm like i think i'm on to something i think i'm getting behind whatever's causing causing the bump in the night here um and so then then we have to fight the bone dancer
0: well oh you're a shortcut maybe you didn't have this conversation Uh so i i could be like i i need to investigate here he's like no i live here don't investigate and, uh, at some point, in one of these other crips, I've picked up an, an item of Mercule. Yeah. Like
1: a little, um, icon. I've the holy
0: symbol of Mercule, something like that. And he's like, Hey, that's my icon. I, I, give it over. Like, that's not for you. And I was like, no, I need it. <laughs> I need this icon. And he's like, well, I'm going to kill you. But in the middle of this conversation. Uh, he says, "On whose authority are you here? like what who gave you the the right to like barge into my crypt? One of the dialogue options I had to write the whole thing down because <laughs> it is so unhinged <laughs> as something that would be in this fantasy game. Mm-hmm. This is the dialogue option quote It is the right of any people to take action against a perceived threat. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wildest thing that you could say like the idea that just it, someone would pop off with that and be like hey well you know what no uh, it is uh, the right of any people of any people so we're getting like the you know uh tickle far in the bush doctrine here <laughs> and uh and yeah so it ultimately end up and unfortunately i think every conversation you can have of this type anywhere in this in this opening chapter it, in some way, form or function, ends up with okay. Well, I'm going to kill you now. Mm-hmm. Like they're very, they're not very many other ways to resolve things. A little bit different to, from Bald- the Baldurs Gate games in that regard too. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I this is what I would call getting railroaded mm-hmm. <laughs> in a broad sense. But um, so you do all that, and you and I, there are more keys in the crypt. So I think you have to clear it no matter what. And you go to the Tomb of Cressylac. Mm-hmm. Um, what you do there? It's
1: Keyville down here. Mm-hmm yeah, you just roll around. there are um skeletal mages now that can do things like uh, like a color spray spell. So I have to have berserk rage ready for every fight so that I don't like lose control of my one character and then have to reload. Mm-hmm. But no fight that's particularly notable to me. There's like a one like big room fight, if I recall. But uh, I was able to tackle that by just, like, inching up, aggroing a couple, pulling them back, etc. cetera. Um, you, there's you know, a mummy the hanging out down here.
0: Not for me. That's, that's some level scaling stuff for you. No, it's behind a hidden wall. A mummy behind a hidden wall? Yeah. Are you sure? I'm 100% sure. I mean, I found an enemy behind a hidden wall, but it was not a mummy. I think that's level scaling. I don't know. I think it's in Where, the official was there treasure here. Was it treasure hanging out with you? Uh, yeah, I had a robe. Yeah, oh, maybe it was a mummy. It, it might have been a no mummy. It, we'll scroll through look, the footage. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, it, I mean, does it look like a ghoul? Like yeah, you know, it, looks very, it
1: looks the same as a ghoul. Oh, okay. Maybe that's it.
0: Maybe because I do remember there was like an enemy behind a hidden wall, and I needed a more magical weapon than I had to fight it. So I'd like summon up my cleric. Um, like weapons of of killing supernatural shit and uh punch it to death with that. so it might have been a mummy, and I just misread the or didn't read you know the little tool tippy thing for it. uh mm. but yeah, this is this is like some real clearing out a dungeon, normal stuff. yeah, dungeon crawl. go mm-hmm. through
1: it. you can't make linear progress because you have to like clear the level to find the key for the thing you need to get mm-hmm. to the next level. Yeah, mm-hmm. same. How do you feel
0: about that in a broad sense? Is that working for you? Is that not working for you? I mean, do you see? Do we see this design a lot? Contemporary? Yeah, kind of, kind of. I mean, it's often in a different perspective. Yeah, you know, like I, you know, it's not obviously not normally like isometric, but yeah, I mean, this is like you, you, you play a Witcher game. Yeah. You know, you're doing basically the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was just playing, uh, unfortunately, I was playing Biomutant recently. There's straight up dungeons in there. You're just doing it. So yeah, I mean, there's like dungeon cleary kind of stuff. I think in RPGs, there's been some differentiation that's happened, but I do know.
1: Think I, now dungeon design, this feels very Quake and getting the red, blue, and green key cards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i don't think we see quite as many keys now um i think that we try to mix it up now and like okay there'll be one key per dungeon but maybe the Mm -hmm. other ways you progress are like solving a puzzle and maybe another way is like a mini boss that opens the next area but this was uh this was three levels of roll around find the key go to the next level
0: yeah, Well designed. I think it looks really cool. It looks it, like a real tomb. And- it looks cool. There's like big vats of acid and just skeletons floating in there. You're just hanging out. Um, I really like the, uh, they're like spell-touched ghouls or something. They're like when imbued, the-, the un- or in, yeah, Imbued, imbued Yes. Yeah. Imbued. That's really cool to me that there's like these mages and they're like, let me give you a little bit of magic power, ghouls. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, I think that's really cool. So there's some like cool imaginative d d kind of design here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, you know, well, part of the reason i bring this up is that I actually kind of find this to be like a really nice breath of fresh air. After the cognitive load of disco elysium, yeah, where you have to, like, you know, there's not a word that you can just let go by. You, know, mm-hmm. you really do have to be paying attention to everything. And I apparently killed a mummy and didn't even know that, right? <laughs> like, uh, so, uh, you know, there's something here where you can kind of like get the vibes and I can be really focused in on like tactics and things like that, but um, let some of the more cognitively weighty stuff maybe float on by. Um and, and focus on the theme and design and vibe of, of the place. Um so you know, I, I do I really felt I, I say all that to say, I really felt like I was like, oh yeah, we're back in it. We're, we're like back doing in the it. thing. We're yeah. back, baby. We're back. <laughs> and you know what time it is? It's cre oh my gosh. Is it it can't be. It's trant time. <gasps> <gasps> Trent Time is the time when we just investigate the world and its architecture and the things that are in it. Let me tell you a little bit about Kresselak Sword. Centuries between 1281 DR, Kresselak's sword aided its master in his conquests of North Faerun. The origins of the Enchanted Blade were lost to history. However, sages believe that the Black Wolf acquired the sword somewhere in his conquests. There were tales among the northern folk that Kresselak's sword was commissioned from a powerful wizard, specifically for Kresselak. But people know that Cresselac's sword rested peacefully inside its master sarcophagus in the Black Wolf Temple of the Vale of Shadows in Icewind Dale. Kresilak's undead form was haunting the temple, which was filled with arcane defenses and undead guardians. In 1281 DR, a group of heroes was sent by Archdruid Arendelle into the Vale of Shadows in order to find the looming darkness over Kaldahar. Eventually, the heroes confronted Cresselac, but realized that, which he was evil, he was not the evil that threatened the town. <laughs> Wow. Trant time. Wow. 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 Just learning the lore of the world. Trant you know?
1: time absolutely stealing the show's thunder.
0: Yeah. <laughs> huge, huge part of, of the show.
1: Mm-hmm. No, we go down and there is a uh, spirit named Kresselak, Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, Kresolak, like, are you behind all this evil? And he's like, I'm not, but I know, I know
0: who is and I'll tell you. Cressylac is such a scamp. He's, he's such he's a such, scamp for being an evil, uh, a, a, a evil conqueror of the world. He really is a little scamp. Yeah, um, and he
1: and he says, "Hey, this is the issue. There is a <laughs> priestess of a of Auril, A U R I L, and Auril is is I suppose like the goddess of." frost of, the, of winter and is typically portrayed as like an evil deity who uh wants to like snuff out all like warmth
0: in the mm-hmm. world the the cold goddess the frost maiden ice dawn the goddess of winter the frost sprite queen
1: <laughs> um and he says yeah so she's none too happy about my cozy tomb." Um, which like at the, at the time there's like a little bit of dissonance. Cause I was like, I don't know if I read this tomb as being super warm, but I mean, I guess
0: it's, well, <laughs> he also says that Ariel hates like, uh, any kind of, uh, like light or fire mm, yeah. and there is a lot of torches and fire and whatnot. In yeah. The tomb. Yeah.
1: So he says, and uh, she's been, like, looking for a way to kill all my guardians and, like, convert this uh, tomb into, like, a, a cold ice cave. And now you've killed all my fucking guardians that I specifically murdered <laughs> and entombed here so that they could uh, look after me in the afterlife. Which, it turned out, didn't make, didn't really make me happy because I wanted to, like, rule alongside Merkel And then all I've done is just trap myself here. But that's neither here nor there. Um, I don't want to be cold for all eternity. So please take care of this priestess. I've got a feeling she's in the veil. I sense her here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's basically like, this priestess of RL is trying to turn my mm-hmm. tomb of horrors into a tomb of shit. And I'm not into it. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, and I, but I really like, there, there's some really great writing here of him being like, look, I'm stuck here forever. And it's okay right now. And I know it could be way worse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I need you because you wrecked my shit. I need you to go fix this problem for me. Um, I, I, that's just very funny to me. Mm-hmm. Very pragmatic, uh, evil murder monster <laughs> ghost. So I agree because
1: Oril doesn't sound that, that great either. Hmm. Like a priestess no. of um, no.
0: so oh, Because uh, did you talk to him and be like, well, that sounds bad. Like, no. why would I help you because you're evil? Okay. So you can say, why would I help you because, you know, you're evil and you did all this bad stuff in life. Why would I help you? And he was like, well, you know that the priestess of Oril hates Kuldahar as much as she hates this place, mm. right? That like, like this is just one step to, she hates warmth everywhere. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is just easier to get to. She, her goal is something like Kuldahar. It's going to be a problem. And I was like, fine. Mm. Pragmatist ghost ass. mm mm-hmm. I'll do it. But anyway, sorry. So you, you went to go find her? Yeah, I found her
1: in that place where I think, the, you know, the, all those little mm. boxes were um, mm. in in the center with the yetis. And even though I cleared that place out of yetis before going there, uh, you know, she ends up summoning them. But I, I confront her a little bit and I play coy and I'm like, man, I'm just looking for this priestess. And she's like, well, uh, what were you going to tell the priestess? I was like, oh, it's only, you know, for her, for her ears only. It's a private man. And she's like, I don't know. It's so curious you're looking for this priestess. And I was like, I know. You should, uh, well, make sure to tell me if you see this priestess around. And she's like, okay, I'm the priestess. What's the deal? And so I tell her, hey, please don't, uh, you know, for, for the sake of this ghost, please don't uh, turn his home into, uh, into Ice Palace. And she's like, I don't, I don't care. And I'm like, well, that's mean. And then she says, Oh, you think that's mean? I'm gonna do the same shit to Kaldehar. It's everything's doomed. I'm 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 so I'm gonna be such a such a well-liked person to to or Ill after I turn everything into ice. And I say, Well, I, I can't stand for that. So we fight and she summons a bunch of Yetis.
0: Is that how it goes for you? uh yeah kind of except i had that conversation one time and she summoned too many yetis and they beat me up so then i just started attacking her unprovoked Oh <laughs> uh and i had to do a little bit of like getting in and out just because she summons a bunch of yetis mm-hmm. she can do magic and whatnot i will say that the ai for this game feels a little clunky and a little bit weird mm-hmm. i've been able to like manipulate uh magic users a little bit more in this game mm-hmm. um By like basing, I don't know, based on like my positioning and things like that, I've been able to stop spell casters from from continuously casting spells, which, you know, has always been the problem. And like, that's the issue in Baldur's Gate too. And that's why magic users, you really have to deal with them quick is that they will just cast spell after spell after spell. Uh, That's not been the case for me here in Icewind Dale so far. It seems like I've been able to get some to just aggro me after casting one or two spells. And that can't be their full repertoire. So uh, I don't know I don't know really what's going on But yes I took care of her and then went back To uh, Kresselak and he was like Thanks
1: Well and then I was like well hold on Well who's behind all the Bad stuff in uh, Koldahar And he's like Well it's not me that's that's Who it is it's not me And I said well you promised he's like I don't Care I'm a ghost <laughs>
0: Yeah, what are you going to do about it, basically? Like, what are you going to do? Uh, I don't, I lied to you. Deal with it. I'm evil, but I'm not that evil. <laughs> not the one you're looking for. I was like, fine. Jerk. Yeah. Jerk-wad. Mm-hmm. Um But uh, so I had to go back to Arendelle and explain that. And he was like, all right, all right, all right, all right fine 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 let me tell it's, you
1: something i neglected to mention <laughs> about an artifact of incredible power
0: that used to be here but isn't anymore and it used to protect us all the time but but was stolen and now doesn't protect us and now we're
1: under uh un- totally unrelated we're now under grave threat but now i'm going to tell you about this artifact
0: <laughs> yes so he sends us to the it's like the temple of the forgotten god or something sure like
1: that.
0: who's the forgotten god i, can, I just can't Do- remember yeah, hard to remember. Um, but but you go there and you meet a verbig on the road. Yeah, red toe. Yeah, real uh, verbig time on R- Range Touch Network recently. Mm-hmm. But yeah, red toe, and, he, and he's running away, and you're gonna be like, "Hey, first first question, why's your name Red Toe?" And he's like, "I dropped I dropped something on my toe when I was a child. Got big red toe. It's not it's not complicated." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, But then he says, hey, yeah, a bunch of people uh, showed up and started killing all the the monks that live in this temple that I lived in, and they started killing all the Verbi guardians, too, and I got the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, you go to the temple, there's a bunch of dead people there, they're like evil priests. Um, I found this way easier than any of the other stuff. It's super linear.
1: Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's just like one little level. Like, I think that one of the reasons why the tomb uh, was a little rough, is because it was sometimes hard to know like where the exit was, mm-hmm. yeah. and it got, kind of got a little convoluted in the passageways. All, most of them had traps. Uh, this was just a long central hallway, and I kind of golden pathed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, there's only two enemy. There's like acolytes, which are spellcasters that you kill, and the Verbeegs. Mm-hmm. which I guess hit hard, but. I think that
0: yeah, yeah, they can hurt you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just I found it in general. You know, of course, we'd gotten a lot of magic items from Cressylax Tomb, so that really made it better. Mm-hmm. I would say, unfortunately, I haven't gotten very many like cool or flavorful magic items so far. Yeah, um, I did get like a badge from Cressylax Tomb because he's the Black Wolf. That's his thing, and it was like the Black Wolf's amulet or something mm-hmm. like that, and it like gives you more hit points and AC, and uh, that was pretty cool. And you know, had some nice kind of uh history to it but uh, for the most part not not the same yeah unfortunately I, I i would not say that the it's mostly just like here's an item plus one it mm-hmm. doesn't really have that Baldurs gate flavor of like you know big jeffy's arrow or whatever i've got a cool flail i think i have
1: a one thing that does disease Mm -hmm. like diseases somebody and i've got a flail that like has a 50 percent chance to do extra piercing damage Hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. the uh i do have i guess i have like kresselax armor and sword now that's pretty cool Mm. but but they don't really have additional benefits or anything like unique to them they just kind of they they do have a different um like look to them which Mm -hmm. is cool but uh for the paper doll character but yeah so um do that, go in here, and lo and behold, there's nothing here. There's been a heist. <laughs> do you think it was a heist? Yeah. Is that what you would call it? Yeah, it was a it was a heist. I mean, it, all,
1: it could have also just been a B&E. Um, just yeah, a break.
0: I think it was closer to a b since all <laughs> the people were dead. <laughs> and we find a priest of Talos here. Dead. Dead with some goop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Turns also, out,
1: <laughs> this is some really convoluted stuff. You take it back to adult, and he's like, I know this goop. This is fresh. <laughs> this is fresh snake venom. Can't be more than 12 hours old. And I'm drawing a, a circle. A 12 hour, how far you can travel in 12 hours from that forgotten tomb. Mm, they have to be the dragon's eye that's the only place you could get this stuff so i guess you're going to go in
0: there yeah and it's like <laughs> look man this is a fantasy world full of teleportation and shit <laughs> i think you can find a snake somewhere and here's also the annoying thing <laughs> if you inspect one of the bodies in that tomb it's like yeah this person is dead and their arm is rotting away and it's got two big holes in it so it seems like someone brought the snake with them. It hmm. doesn't really seem like mm-hmm. like they needed to be within X amount of distance from snake, you know. Snake Paradise or wherever we're going. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, whatever. It's you know, the everything about this Icewind Dale so far feels like a DM, like you said before, like a DM who had not really prepped enough content, mm-hmm. who who was like scrolling as you're talking, as a player is talking, scrolling through like a list of their adventures and being like snake, snake, snake. Okay, snake, snake, snake. Uh the dragon's eye. Yes. <laughs> Here we go um all right and then uh venom okay so you go to the dragon's eye mm-hmm. um real uh flying by the sea of your pants vibes mm-hmm. here but that's so it that's what we did in this episode
1: give me uh we're gonna have a new segment here just okay. for Icewind Dale. okay give me three enemy types that we're gonna be meeting at the dragon's eye you have not played this correct
0: i have not played this game before okay Three enemy type three enemy types or three enemies, three enemies, yeah, sure some sort of snake person,
1: okay, a snake person, that I don't could know be what like f- a
0: yawntee could be I, I I'll say I'll go yawntee, okay uh a big lizard of some sort,
1: okay, big lizard
0: hmm. You got You always got to
1: have a third, though. Maybe a little yeah. off-brand, right?
0: Priest, probably just like a spellcaster. mhm
1: Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. That's that's my 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 cold shots. All
1: right. I am going. Oh, to Oh, you know,
0: here's what that segment's called. Cold shots. Oh, oh. cold shots! Because <laughs> it's Icewind Dale. Yo. Oh. Hey.
1: Mages and murder dads is fun again. <laughs>
0: I, you know, I will. Maybe that's part of it too. As when I was playing, I was going, "I'm having fun." <laughs> like when I was playing Icewind Dale, I was like, "I'm having fun playing yeah. this and like trying to figure all these like managing my inventory for forty solid minutes of a three hour recording." Yes, <laughs> this is fun. Um, I do wish I had like pants that made me smarter and stuff like that, though. That would improve these games. Yeah.
1: Well, hopefully, uh, you know, now that we th- th- I got a feeling that like the dale there or the vale was um Dale's Vale. Dale's Vale was uh not the tutorial area, but like the in- the entree here. Maybe we're going to mm-hmm. get into some weirder stuff, I hope.
0: I'm going to look real quick just to see how many cuz that was chapter 1 next uh next uh what do you call it? episode. We're going episode. Episode to two. chapter 2, yeah. I'm just trying to look and see how many chapters there are. I there appear there to be six. Uh, six, uh, for some reason, broken up into six A and six B on this wiki, plus Heart of Winter. So, hmm. which I'm assuming we're doing. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> that's it. Is that it? That's it. All right.
1: Well, this you can is go a fun to, one.
0: Yeah, you can go to Twitter.com slash Touch to see everything that we're up to. You're watching this on YouTube, probably. If you want to listen to it, there is a Mages and Murder Dads uh, RSS feed for to listen to it as a podcast that is perfectly free. You can go down to the description below and click on that and get access to it. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can go to Patreon.com slash Touch. Give us a cup of coffee a month. You know, Throw us five bucks a month. It'll help us out a whole lot. You get access to a bunch of other shows that Range Touch does. And it gives you a nice uh, warm feeling in your heart for helping us uh, because it takes a long time to make the show, actually. (laughs) There's a lot of gameplay that we got to do to get through it, and uh, every dollar helps. So uh, think about doing that um, and helping out. The other thing I was going to say here is something I've totally forgotten. So I think uh, we're good. Danny, take us out. Everybody, ciao. Shall but in this doom he shall spawn a score of mortal progeny Chaos will be stolen from their passage So saith the mighty Galado